Thank you to our episode sponsor, Modest Pop. Modest Pop is an online clothing boutique selling super cute clothes just in time for Christmas shopping. In fact, I was just looking at their website and they have some of the cutest dresses on sale for $16. Shoot dang, I might have to do something about that. So if you're a dude and need to get your lady friend something for Christmas, go look at their entire collection at modestpop.com. to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the I See You podcast. This is episode 92. People are a little like dogs. Hey guys. <laughs> It's almost Thanksgiving. It's going to be here in a day or two. I'm assuming you're kind of like me and we've all had to cancel some plans. I was planning to go to California this week to be with my sister Jenny there and with their state going to Purple Zone and with us trying to be more careful, we decided we need to stay home. And that's a pretty big bummer for me. I have major FOMO in all the ways. (laughs) I'm like a five-year-old. I just want to be with everyone all the time. Uh, So I had to put my creative big girl pants on and we're going to do some fun stuff here. But I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving and I hope more than anything that you do feel so much gratitude for the good things in your life. I truly am finding this very week that the more grateful I am and especially the more that I vocalize my gratitude or write it down, I feel happier. I feel lighter. I feel more sincere, genuine joy. And that's been a pretty big blessing in my life this week. And so I hope that you are feeling that as well. And if you're feeling down, I would suggest it as dumb as it might sound. There's something about talking about what we're grateful for that changes the feelings we have. And it's an incredible thing. I think that we are made to be grateful. I think it's something that comes more naturally to us, maybe even as babies. You know, we just, we have joy over the simplest things when we're little. We smile when someone looks at us as a baby. We're meant to feel that joy and that gratitude. And I just want to say that, that I have noticed a really big difference in just the last couple days as I have been more focused on gratitude this week. Something that's also been really cool lately is being able to help people with Christmas. In light of a book signing being canceled and some other things being canceled, I am signing my book, I See You, How Compassion and Connection Save Lives. I'm signing it from home. So that's been really cool to write notes of love to complete strangers. If you want that for someone that you love or for yourself, please just message me on my website, julieleespeaks.com. And I'm so happy to send you signed copies of my new book. And I also have those ICU bracelets that can really symbolize that you're a safe place and also be a reminder to you that you are seen. You're seen by a higher power, by friends, by loved ones, by family. I love to help however I can this Christmas. It really does give me that feeling of like a flower delivery girl where it's just really special to be able to connect with strangers all around the world that I don't know and they probably don't know me either, but to just be able to help in that way, help someone else feel seen has been really meaningful for me. So I thank you for everyone for that. Well, last week, 
um, we got a dog. And if you follow me on social media, you might already know that because I've probably already posted too many pictures of him. But he is about eight pounds. He's a Morky, so a Maltese-Yorkie mix. He doesn't shed. And he's not very barky. Sometimes little dogs, you know, they get that bad rap for being super barky. But he's pretty good so far. I spray him with this baby powder spray every day that makes him smell nice because I want him to smell nice when I snuggle him and I kiss his little furry face. Uh, And his name is Covey. So his original owners that had him for eight months, uh, they named him Covey because he was born in March during covid I really want to change his name to Kobe, like Kobe Bryant, because as some of you might know, my husband Rob loves Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is from Philadelphia, where my husband's from as well. My husband played basketball growing up. So the Black Mamba was who Rob watched his whole life and just loves as a basketball player. So, and obviously um, Kobe Bryant died this year in a tragic accident with his daughter, So this one day, Kobe was outside and he chased some cats out of our garage. And my husband doesn't love cats. So Rob was like, dang, respect. Like, you know, Kobe won some brownie points in Rob's book. And so I was like, let's name him Kobe because, you know, you love Kobe Bryant and he died. Let's name our dog Kobe. And Rob was like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Rob's super sweet. He let us get a dog. He's not a big pet person, but he's doing it because he loves his wife and he loves his kids. But he's not ready to name the dog after the one and only Black Mamba. So I'm going to keep working on maybe getting Kobe switched over to Kobe. This is our third time trying to have a dog, you guys. This is our third try. The first two times failed. We were not ready But I feel like I finally found the perfect dog for our family because it's little, it's kind of out of the way, it's fluffy, it doesn't shed, which drives me a little bonkers. My kids are a little bit older. I have not been able to have more babies. And so it just is a good time in our life. So I'm having a lot of hopeful feelings that this is going to stick. And... I decided to do this podcast about dogs, first of all, because I'm weird and I'm always thinking about weird analogies with everything I do in my life. But also because this last weekend I traveled to Tooele and I did a really awesome interview for the Life's Worth Living Foundation on their podcast. Um, And we talked We spoke to suicide prevention specifically. And so I've been doing some heavy interviewing lately, and that's been really awesome and meaningful, and I love it. But I also thought it might be nice to switch it up and do kind of a lighter podcast today. So we're talking about how people are a little like dogs. Okay, so Kobe has not been perfect, right? He's had some behavior issues. He has marked, which means male dogs, they pee on everything. It's the worst. He's marked in our home a couple times. He's pooped in our home a couple times, even though he's potty trained or house trained, however you call that for a dog. Uh, he has growled at my daughter and my son the first couple days. The first time actually I met him, he totally bit me on the hand, uh, which luckily his mouth isn't super big, so it didn't hurt that bad, but he definitely has not been perfect. And my first initial reaction to this kind of behavior, especially the aggressive behavior, has been very black and white. 
If you've read my book, I talk about overcoming black and white thinking. My initial reaction to this is very black and white, like you're a bad dog and I'm, I act very dominant over him. I yell at him. I'm not saying certainly if a dog bites your kid, I, I totally respect and support you yelling at the dog. That's not what I'm saying. But it's interesting. I think part of the reason I have reacted the way that I do towards him actually doesn't have a ton to do with him. And it has a lot to do with a dog that my parents tried to home that was really hard and really aggressive. His name was Simba. We had this little dog, this mutt named Simba. I think he was some form of like a dingo. His behavior got so bad. He bit my little brother and I was so angry at him as a teenager. We had, I don't know how long we had him, maybe like four months. And we kept thinking he was going to get better, but he just kept getting worse. And I acted really angry and aggressive towards him because I saw how he tried to dominate over like my little brother and my mom. And so that made me really angry. And so I was especially dominant over him and very angry as a teenager at him. I remember this one time he was chasing and trying to bite my little brother and I lost it completely. And I chased him up the stairs and he went, under my bed and he was growling at me and I literally felt like my hands that I wanted to physically hurt him with my hands. I wanted to reach under the bed and I was going to grab him and I was going to strangle him with my hands. It was kind of a rage I haven't felt very often in my life, but I felt crazy. We eventually had to put Simba down. He had had, I think, a pretty rough past. You know, we rescued him And we eventually had to take him to the vet, which is funny because that vet now is my stepfather. (laughs) He wasn't at the time, but we had to take him there and we had to put him down. I had that experience in the back of my mind, I think, as I see my new little dog, Kobe, growl at my daughter the first time when we bring him home. And I immediately start feeling this rage grow in me. And not just this rage, but also this... I think this fear and this sadness that what happened before is going to happen now. I think sometimes we do this to people. When we're angry, it's we're not usually, all the anger isn't about that instant situation or that person. I think a lot of times it has to do with experiences we've had in the past. So I've totally seen this in my marriage where, you know, I lose it on Rob about something. But if I stop and I really look deep down, I'm like, oh, This isn't about whatever it is. You know, he didn't put his dishes in the sink. This is about the 30 billion times before he hasn't put his dishes in the sink. And I just happened to lose it today. I'm not saying Rob never puts his dishes in the sink, but that's a quick example I can think of. I think we do that a lot with people. I think that we overreact and we're triggered by things that have happened in the past sometimes that don't even have to do with them, right? Like maybe I get angry at Rob and really I've been so overstimulated by the kids that then he's like the safe place that I get angry to. There's something underneath the anger always. There's some other emotion that's first and the anger is just kind of a reaction to that. And so I think it's important, especially with people and maybe, maybe especially right now in 2020 with the holidays People are having to make a lot of tough decisions right now that could potentially hurt feelings depending on how they choose to social distance or be apart from their families this holiday season or be together with their families. I think it's a time for us to really exercise this self-control of our emotions and recognize when we're hurting and why we're hurting and 
to treat the people around us with love and compassion as much as possible. And sometimes that does mean creating a little distance, and that's okay too, if that's what's best for the relationship. I'm realizing with Kobe, first of all, he's not like Simba. He's learning very quickly. He's still not perfect. I've only had him, what, a week and two days? But I'm seeing him learn quickly, and I'm seeing him follow my lead. And so I'm realizing, oh, that initial quick reaction, it wasn't totally founded on facts or what was going to happen. I realized, though, that I do need to be firm with him. I need to be firm with my boundaries, but he seems to react better and to learn more quickly if I don't freak out at him. Someone told me this. I thought this was really interesting, and I haven't researched this about dogs, so I don't know if it's true, but it sounded true to me, but they talked about how if you can avoid yelling at your dog, it's a good thing to do because dogs have such sensitive ears that when we're really loud like that, when we yell, they often don't make the connection of being disciplined with the bad behavior they're doing because they're so overwhelmed by the loud noise. So I thought that was interesting. They're so freaked out when you yell at them in that aggression that they actually don't connect it as well with the bad behavior as opposed to if you can talk to them firmly very straightforward, very firm. You can even give them a consequence. You can have them go to their kennel and calm down, which is what we do. That actually works better usually because they're able to connect their behavior with your firmness and putting them in the kennel. I thought that was just so interesting because it makes me think about with people how we all are healthier when we have healthy boundaries and the healthiest of boundaries can be flexible, right? Like that's the best place to be with people where you can have flexible boundaries as needed. You know how to move your boundaries in and out as you need to, depending on the situation and the people in your life. And so with Kobe, I'm not going to let him growl and like terrorize my kids. That's not the kind of home we want. And so I do have to be firm with him. I do have to have boundaries. And the more I have boundaries with him, the more I actually like him. I find the same as with people. The better I am at keeping healthy boundaries for myself of knowing what is good for me, what is good for my family, the more I like people and the more I want them in my life and in my circle and in my home. Even just this morning, it was hard for me because I'm a softy sometimes with my kids, but I was getting out of bed and my son Sam had crawled into our bed at like 6.30 and I was getting up and I was going to go do some yoga in the morning and some reading. I said, hey Sam, you know, you can just lay here. I'm going to go exercise. And he said, where are you going to exercise? And I knew because I know my five-year-old, I knew he was hoping I was going to be home because he was going to come down there with me because he loves to be with me, which is super sweet. Um, but sometimes it's a lot, right? Because he, he was thinking, well, if you're going to the gym, then I'll stay here and I'll just lay in the bed next to dad. But if you're going to be just exercising at home, then I want to come down. So I said to him, I said, Sam, I'm going to do some yoga downstairs, but this is mom's special time to be alone. And so I need you to stay up here while mom has her special time to be alone. And he kind of grumbled about that, but he stayed upstairs. And guess what? When he came down at 730 and I just finished doing my yoga and reading, I was so happy to see him. And so I realized that over and over again, like, man, healthy boundaries are so good for me. And I'm not always the best at keeping at them. I have a whole chapter about it in my book, but 
It's because I know about them because I have to work on them all the time. And sometimes I've had to have more rigid boundaries with people. And other times it's just based on a feeling. And sometimes those people know about those boundaries. But more often than not, like 98% of the time, they have no idea that I have these boundaries in my head of certain things I'm not going to talk about with people or ways I'm not going to behave, conversations I'm not going to engage in. Kobe doesn't get to jump on the couch unless he's invited. People, they don't get to come into my house unless I say they can. Boundaries keep relationships healthy. Another thing I'm warning with my dog is he behaves a lot better when I praise him for all the good he does. And that can just be like licking up some food off the floor, right? (laughs) Or sitting there and watching us. Anytime he's not doing something bad and I notice, I praise him for it. He does a lot of things right, it turns out. When you start looking at life like that, when you start, I mean, this can go into gratitude, right? Not just for people, but the more we notice the good things in our life, all the good things going on, you see how far and few between the bad things are. And so just like that with him, I'm trying to praise him over and over again for just being as long as he's not doing anything naughty, so that he can feel happy in our home. And then I think there'll be a much more stark contrast of when he is misbehaving and I do need to be firm with him and firm with those boundaries. People, for the most part, they do a lot of things right. Most people are really trying to do what's right. They want us to like them, just like my dog. He wants me to love him. He wants us to praise him. He wants to to please us. I think most people, they want to be liked. They want connection. Whether they know it or not, they need connection, right? There's so much research with that. The more we thank people and the more we praise them for the good that they do, and I'm not advocating that you go up and scratch them behind the ears and snuggle their furry face like I do with my little pup, but the more that you acknowledge the good things that they do, the bad naturally kind of fades away in the background or the annoying things. It's just not what I think of first with those human beings anymore because I'm so focused on all the good that they do. We got Kobe this bed. I think he was feeling pretty overstimulated and I realized he probably just needed a little comfy place to sit because he wants to be with us. He doesn't want to be in his cage kennel thing. I can't even call it a kennel. What it is, is it's a giant gerbil cage. Okay. It's like a duffel bag and it's made for like a rabbit or a giant gerbil, but my dog's so small that he can fit in it. And especially because I have this perfect cubby place where the dog can fit in his thing because if you know me, you know, I don't love a lot of clutter. And so even with having a dog, it has to be like super organized and neat because <laughs> that's how things work in my home. Cause that keeps me sane. Okay. But we got him this other little bed to put like in the living room area because he always wants to be with us, but I don't necessarily want him like laying in our space all the time. I want him to have a little place that he can have. So I allowed him to have this little bed Uh, where he has a place that he can go and feel safe and that's his when he's overstimulated or he's tired. And I think that everybody needs to feel safe like that sometimes. I think that we can create a safe space for other people by being a soft cushion to land on, by being someone that knows how to say sorry, period. Someone that can let people vent to us and really strive to be non-judgmental in that venting. We can be that for people. And once again, especially right now in 2020, I think it's so important that we do this for each other. 
our emotions are up and down. At least mine are and the people I talk to are. And I feel like I'm a pretty mentally healthy person. I'm real self-reflective and aware of my emotions. Thank you to all the therapy over the years, right? I think now is such an important time to just let people feel and listen and work through and process it. Another thing my dog is teaching me is that play is good. Play is so, so good for our hearts. And for me personally, and in my own mental health, having this dog to play with has actually been super good for me. We say it's for the kids, but we all know it's kind of for Julie. (laughs) I just make the kids do all the work. (laughs) I tell them it's their dog, so they have to clean up the poop and they feed him and all the things, but secretly inside, I'm like, he's kind of (laughs) mine. No, but it's so good to have him. It's good to throw him a ball and it's good to play tug of war with him and wrestle with him. It's been so good for the healing child in me that grew up kind of fast and that I still struggle sometimes to just let go and play. It's not something that always comes naturally to me. But when I do, it's like this other side of me screaming to get out that just wants to be light and play and make time for joy just for the sake of playing and not for any other deep meaning reasons. That's not always intuitive for me, right? But I think that in our relationships, I see this with my own kids and my husband and my family, sometimes it's good to just play whatever that looks like. Whether like for us, it's, you know, we love to play board games and me and my husband love to go in the backyard and have a catch. We love sports. We love to just last night, we just laid in bed and we're chatting before we fell asleep and we just were laughing about some things and it just felt so good to just play. I think that can be so good in our relationships. Kobe, you know, I'm really working on training him and sometimes he does it. You know, we're playing tug of war and I say drop and he drops it and other times he doesn't. And then I have to give him a break you know, and then we try again. What I'm realizing is we just have to try, try again. And I am seeing improvement. I think the same as for our relationships. People are going to treat us unfairly. They're going to say things that hurt. They're going to make mistakes. And I think it's okay to take a break from that and then try, try again. All right. I think those are all the wise analogies we need about a dog today. (laughs) I think my biggest fear right now is that people are going to start messaging me and telling me how I'm doing a bad job training my dog and how all the things I'm telling you to do in your human relationships actually don't work on a dog. But I think they do, okay? So I'll let you know how things are going with Kobe, but I think he's here to stay and I'm pretty obsessed with him. He's a sweetie. Thank you to our sponsor this week, Modest Pop. The founder of Modest Pop, Camille McConnell, was on a few episodes ago on the ICU podcast, and she shared about how music has helped her heal from losing her son. Her online clothing boutique is adorable, and I'm most excited about the deals. Mm, I love me a good deal. Go to modestpop.com to do some Christmas shopping or just some good old-fashioned retail therapy during 2020. We're all coping somehow, right? You guys... My book just celebrated its two-month anniversary. Thank you for all those that have bought it either on Amazon or Cedar Fort or neighbors who've just come by and picked a copy up from me directly. The greatest honor I can have is, is to feel like someone is reading my message and it's helping them. You can find this podcast and my book all on my website at www.julieleespeaks.com.
Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I feel grateful for you and for the way that you have made this podcast possible over the years. It's been a little over two years now. We're going to be finishing up season two probably by the end of this year with episode 100. And that is just crazy that I've come this far on this journey and have had as much support as I have. If you're able to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that helps me a ton or to share it with someone you love. Thank you for listening, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. I love you. My name is Julie Lee, and I see you 